He looks me in the eye and he says, you are not having a cesarean. We didn't come here to have a cesarean. Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. When your birth experience feels truly empowering, certainly that affects your motherhood journey, but what else can it potentially impact? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 195 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and this week we're speaking to Tanya Grazione, a mama whose birth experience propelled her into a totally new career and desire to serve other women. Tanya is a home birth mama, doula, and childbirth educator, and she has so much wonderful insight to share with us today. Now, before we jump into this incredible interview, I wanted to take just a moment to let you know that the Home Birth Collective is now accepting applications. This enrollment period is just a few weeks long, and once we begin, we start on October 10th, and this session, this cohort, runs for 12 weeks, so it'll run to the end of December. And inside of this program, if I were to boil it down to be very basic to explain what we do, I am helping first-time home birth mothers and second and third and fourth-time home birth mothers achieve the empowering birthing experience of their dreams by deprogramming the mainstream mistrust of birth, reconnecting with their intuitive feminine wisdom, and relaxing into the birthing process. Now, the way that we do this is through a very intimate, close, connected group cohort program. So a small group of very aligned mothers who are all working towards the same goal, who all respect and revere birth for the transformational process that it is, recognizing it as a rite of passage that informs and prepares us for our next phase, motherhood, whether that's stepping into motherhood for the first time or re-entering. We know this is life-changing stuff. So inside of this program, we go so much deeper than just learning a couple of coping techniques for labor. We work on the mindset issues. Beyond that, of course, we discuss physiological childbirth, what that looks like, the hormonal interplay, coping techniques, absolutely. But this program is very holistic. It's beginning to end. What do we need to know to celebrate birth for the joyful event that it is? And also take that experience and encourage us as we step into motherhood to feel courageous. Isn't that what we all want? Not to be wavered by the outside. That is what we work on inside of the Home Birth Collective. If this sounds like it is totally up your alley, make sure you go ahead and get your application in. Like I said, we're only opening enrollment for a couple of weeks and we can only accept a small number of mothers per session. Go to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash collective to learn more about the program and submit that application. Okay, all of that aside, let's jump into this incredible episode with Tanya. Please remember that the opinions of my guests may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa. And the show is not medical information. It's an educational tool. So continue to take empowered responsibility for your health and your family. 
Tanya, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to chat. Oh, I'm so happy to have you as a mother of four, a home birth mama, a doula. It's so great to have somebody come on with such a mm-hmm. wide perspective. So would you mind just starting by introducing yourself yes, to the listeners? Yes, of course. Uh, my name is Tanya Grazion. I am a mother of four. I had my first two babies in the hospital and uh, my second two were born at home. And my, with my second being a pretty traumatic experience in the hospital, that's what led me to having exploring even what a doula is. I had no idea what a doula was until my third baby and, and having these amazing home births and then God giving me this amazing passion and purpose to help educate other women and help to empower them. And I became a doula myself. And for the past five years, I've attended over 60 births, and I'm also a childbirth educator, a hypnobirthing educator, and prenatal fitness and postpartum fitness as well, certified. Wow. Yeah, you run the whole gamut of (laughs) things. That's amazing. So let's talk about that a little bit then. I know you said that your second birth was what kind of kicked you into the realization that a doula even was a thing. What you want to talk to us about those, maybe those first two birth experiences, and then we can lead into your birth work. Yes, of course. So my second experience in the hospital, um, I got there at a really good time. And what I advise my clients now, you know, you want to be well into active labor. I'm thinking if I just get there, but let me start with saying I had no education. I had no childbirth education outside of the hospital. I had more of this like strong woman mindset that, and I was powerlifting at the time. I'm like, ah, I can squat 250 pounds. I'm just going to go in there and squat my baby out. I got this. So I get there (laughs) to the hospital and um, I get checked in and I'm six, seven centimeters So I'm like, all right, perfect. I'm so super close. Well, within probably about an hour and a half, my membranes released and it was just game game over for me. I wasn't mentally, emotionally prepared for that level of intensity, no matter how strong I mentally I thought I was physically, that doesn't even correspond. So I had no preparation. And, you know, of course, when I got there, I said, I don't want the epidural. Please don't offer it to me. Uh, As soon as my membranes release, the first thing the nurse says is, I can get you that epidural and, you know, we can help you and we can take away the pain and, you know, they can be in the room within 10 minutes. Um, And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, it sounds fabulous the way that you just offered that to me. So they come in, they give me the epidural and the doctor comes in and checks me within probably 15 minutes. And her exact words was, who the F gave her the epidural? The baby's head is right here. And I couldn't even feel my toes. It was the worst epidural ever. I couldn't feel anything. And she's threatening me saying, if I don't push this baby out, I'm going to have to have an emergency cesarean because her, my baby girl's heart rate was decelerating. And of course, because I'm stressed out, I'm crying, Um, complete chaos in the room. I mean, the nurses and doctors are just arguing with each other. 
my husband in that moment, again, we didn't know anything about birth, but thank God my husband and I have a very strong relationship and he was like, listen, you know, I remember him looking at the doctor going, I need a minute with my wife. He looks me in the eye and he says, you are not having a cesarean. We didn't come here to have a cesarean. You know what you need to do to calm down. And then therefore our baby will level out too and everything will be fine. So they step out of the room and we have a little heart to heart and they, they come back in the room and now they see on the monitor, the baby's heart rate's fine. So they said, okay, we'll give you 60 minutes and we'll come back and, and check and see if it's time to push. So they turned off the epidural, came back within 60 minutes. Uh, same situation. I still can't feel anything to push. She's right there. I can't, I, again, I can't even feel my toes. So mind you, it was even, I didn't even have enough time to have a catheter placed. So I'm peeing all over myself in the bed, just sitting in my own pee. I just, yeah, I can't feel anything, but my, my smell, it's all I'm smelling is my own urine. Um, just completely <sighs> wow. disgusting. Um, telling me again, you're going to have an emergency cesarean if you don't push this baby out. I'm like, I cannot feel to push. Then she proceeds to pull out the vacuum and doesn't even tell me what it is, doesn't even ask, no informed consent, just says, well, I'm going to either we use this vacuum or you're going to have a cesarean. And then just proceeded to use it. And it took her three tries to get my baby out. Um, just complete tugging and pulling. I felt so disconnected. Um Knowing, obviously, having had a home birth after that experience and looking back, there was just no, I was so not in the moment. I was so disconnected from myself, from my baby, from my husband. I just, you know, it was just such a horrible experience. And I just remember then saying, well, at least you didn't have a cesarean. At least you were able to, like, be happy, be happy about it. You know, and that's all I remember. And then our hospital stay was horrible. Um, they thought that my husband took the baby out of the room. Um, they were threatening to call CPS on us. It was a very horrible situation for not only myself, but my husband. And when you talk to him about the story, he had, as a man who's supposed to protect and provide his wife for his wife and his, his children, that was all taken away from him in the hospital. He felt like anything he said or did, he was now being judged now because he raised his voice to the hospital staff. They were threatening CPS. Um, so needless to say, it was a horrible experience. I got pregnant with our third baby and I was about six months along and I had a friend ask me, hey, I know your experience was really bad last time. Why don't you hire a doula? And I'm like, well, what's that? I have no idea what a doula is. So she explained it to me and I Googled it. And I'm like, wow, this is this magical, you know, woman who's going to show up and help support me and advocate. And, you know, so this doesn't happen again, of course. So I was educating with her. And I think we only had two appointments before I realized that 
I'm not doing this in the hospital. It's not going to happen. Wow. Like my best chances of having this birth that I desire and the way that she mapped it out so beautifully, I'm like, this is not going to happen in the hospital. There's no way. I don't care if I have somebody advocating for me. That level of stress in that moment, if they had to advocate as hard as would have had, you know, with my last experience, it would have stressed me out so much anyway. It's not even worth it. So I remember driving like home from a, a woman's care appointment and I'm like, I, I don't want to go back. I think I was like, you know, seven months. I'm like, I'm not going back. I'm not going back. I called I call my husband and I was like, are you home? And he was, I'm like, all right, I you just wanted to talk to you about something in person. I didn't want to tell him over the phone and I got home and I was like, babe, um, what do you think about a home birth? And he just smiled, the biggest smile on his face. And he's like, I think that that sounds absolutely amazing. And he's like, the more that I've been learning, because he was going to my prenatal appointments too with my doula. He's like, the more that I've learned, you know, I didn't want to like take that role. I figured you might just go ahead and say it. And not once did my doula say, hey, have a home birth. It was just the more that we dug in and educated, we knew we didn't want the same experience that we had. And the chances of that happening in a hospital again, even with a doula, you know, it's still very high that the stress and, you know, I was just so scared of all that falling down that hill again. He was, yes, you know, let's do it. Um, He was super excited. I remember messaging my doula and got right on board with hiring a a home birth midwife. And I met her and I remember her sitting in my living room for like two hours. And I'm like, what is this magic? Like getting to know me as a person versus my five minute appointment with women's care. And I'm like, what is all this magic? This is amazing. And you come to me? Okay. I can get behind that for this. No wonder why. And, you know, I remember my family and my friends and everybody just thought I was this crazy, you know, became this black sheep. Exactly right. (laughs) And it was okay. I, I never like I know a lot of people struggle with that, but I'm not, you know, my people pleasing years are way behind me. So I just have to do what's right for me and my family. So that was never hard for me. I'm just like, here's my path. And I have this amazing, you know, home birth experience. And I remember sitting in the bath after my son was born and I'm sitting there and I look over at my husband and I was, cause I was helping him like coach at the time. Cause we own an online nutrition and training business and I was coaching and I said, babe, I, I can't do that anymore. Like, this is where it's at. Like, this was the most amazing experience. And, you know, I said that sitting in the bath. Most women say, I'll never do it again. I said the complete opposite. Like, how many babies can we have? Like, this was powerful, you know? Like, and the world needs to know because we're all being lied to. How do, what do I do? Do I become a doula? Do I become a childbirth educator? Like, how do I get this word out? And then that just, you know, 
it was just my God given, like in that moment, I've always wondered like what that purpose was besides being a wife and a mother. And, and I'm like, there it is. There it is. It's so crystal clear to me. And, you know, I haven't looked back since then. I just keep digging and digging on more ways to reach women um, and just allow them to understand that society has been lying to you and birth is magical. And it's not this, it's not this scary event that it, you know, society portrays it to be. Is it high intensity? Yes, it's high intensity. I don't say that it's going to be pain-free either. I say that there's a level of intensity that's needed to get through to the other side. It's primal. It's amazing, but it's so powerful and it's our power. And when we come out on the other side, there's nothing in the world that's like it. It's just, I feel like it's something that women need to experience to help them with parenting. I mean, birth is the easy part. Right? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's such a beautiful setup. I feel like it's such yes. a great microcosm of the macrocosm. Like, you know, it's like acute versus chronic, yes. I guess. <laughs> so intense in birth, but it's like, Hey, this is yes. the stuff. Like this is the stuff that you're going to have to tap into from here on out to be the mother that you were designed love to it. be. Um, so, oh, yeah, I totally agree. And what I love to hear about your story and your experience is, I mean, at the end of that second birth, you sound defeated. Mm. And that's one That's one thing that I have heard from another of the mom, a, mm -hmm. a number of the moms that I've spoken mm -hmm. with um, about, about their first birthing experience, whether it's in the hospital, um, sometimes it can even mm -hmm. happen at home. But this idea of I was expecting mm -hmm. one thing, I was expecting like to feel mm -hmm. amazing and then all of this stuff happened and now I feel defeated. And then with that third birth, you were able to, to have the complete opposite experience. And I wonder, could you talk on that a little bit and maybe tell us, did that, did that help you in any way process your previous births or was it like, no, it didn't help us process, but it was still wonderful. What was oh, that it, like? It was very healing. Very, very healing. Because again, if, if I would have ended on that birth per se, my second one, I would have contributed to societies of birth sucks. If I would have ended on that experience, um, because it did for me, it was horrible. And even that level of intensity when it kicked in and I, you know, opted for the epidural when I walked in saying, I don't want it. But again, I had zero education. I had no plan per se. Um, and then I have this redemptive healing birth experience that was so powerful that I'm sitting in there holding my son in my bedroom going, I would do this a hundred times over to just be within myself and to feel that power. It's the most beautiful thing as a woman. I feel like every woman should experience that. I feel like it's so healing and it's my power. You know, I was able to take that back. I don't want anything to numb that. And we all know that transition is the shortest. You know, we, it's the shortest phase. When you say you can't do it anymore, like looking back at my hospital birth 
and all the births that I attend, when a woman says, I can't do this anymore, just like in the hospital, baby's head was right there. Most of us are holding our baby within an hour, 30 minutes to an hour, we're holding our baby at that point. So it's not that I, when I'm, when I work with women, you know, I want them to understand like as a doula and I'm there supporting them. When they say that, I usually, it's not that I get this happy smile on my face, but I know they're so close and I'm just doing everything in that moment to remind them that their power is so needed right now. And on the return, on the flip side, when you get through that, you are just a new person. You, I don't care how many babies you have, you are a new person when you come out on that other side, because I will tell you, like I changed my entire career and I just, and I don't know, I've worked with a lot of women too over the years, that girl, they, after coming through amazing, powerful experiences like that, birthing unmedicated and they took their power back, they, they become like so successful in all areas of their life. Yeah, and I'm sure I, if you see that or you hear stories of women that you have worked with, oh yeah, it's yeah, and it's it's incredible. Just thinking of what I'm thinking when I'm hearing you share your mm-hmm. experience, especially with that first one, it's like no wonder it was so intense. No wonder you felt like I can't mm-hmm. do it. Like this, this hurts. I'm not ready for it. You were you were at mm-hmm. the cusp, and nobody. You know, there was nobody there to tell you, you're at the cusp, like you're, you are right here. You're, you're in the transition. Like you are about to be a new mm-hmm. person. And that was stifled and stymied and taken mm-hmm. away. Whereas yeah. then this, this next time you got to experience that fully. And in a way, I wonder if it's kind of like you got to, you got to experience it doubly, you know, for your previous experience and this one where it's like, such an overwhelming appreciation for it because you know what it's like when it's not there. And so then you, you know, your body capitalized on that and just allowed for such a beautiful transformation. I love Mm -hmm. to hear that. I'd love to hear how does this all fit into what you're doing now in terms of birth? So you, you knew in that moment, you know, you have your baby in your arms in the tub and you're already like, all right, yeah, career change. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so amazing. And yeah, it's so divine. I remember, I remember the moment where I was like, okay, Lord, all right, I'll do it. Like, I'm okay. And it's just like, okay, well, nothing can hold you back at that point. So how does this fit in? How do you channel your experiences into what you are doing now? So As far, I mean, the way that my experiences mold me as a person and the work that I do, and I mean, I've always been a servant. Um, That's just who I am as a person. And it's funny, I remember when I Googled doula, and I'm like, oh, to serve. Okay. And then it's to serve in this, I'm like, that's who I am. I got this. And then it's to serve for this amazing purpose of having women be able to take back their power um, and just take their births back. And, you know, it's just been life-changing for me. And the relationships that I build with every single education client from all over the world that, you know, work with me online or in, in person, my doula clients, 
Um, yeah, it's just, I feel like, and now, you know, I've been trying to do more of online education because I can only reach so many women, you know, with in-person birth support. So I'm like, how can I reach more? How can I, you know, have this trickle down effect? I know if I reach one woman, one woman, that's changing generations for her family. But how many women, how many women can that one woman change, you know, and their mm -hmm. circle? And we just, you know, we just continue to make this ripple effect. Yep. Oh, that's so, that's beautiful. Now let's talk about, so after that third mm -hmm. birth experience, when did you become pregnant? Again. Oh, okay. So yeah, I didn't, I did have a fourth baby, just, you know, I had to have another home birth experience because it was so magical. Um, my husband always says, we joke about it. He's like, I think you wanted more just to experience birth again, uh, instead of adding to the family, but it's okay. We, we do both, but I do love birth. I would have all the babies. Dual, dual yeah. purpose. It's fine. Exactly. So, um, my last experience, um, my fourth home birth, she was born, um, gosh, she's almost four and she'll be four in February. So I can't even believe the time, but they're, you know, they're about two and a half years apart. And I had another amazing home birth experience. And a lot of people would look from the outside on this experience. And I know that, you know, ocean story. But Ocean had a little bit of shoulder dystocia, and we wouldn't call it a true dystocia, but she was stuck. And, and I knew that being in the tub with her, um, you know, birth is a two-step process. Head comes, we wait for the next surge, the body comes. Her body did not come with that second surge, and we were in the water. So, you know, the midwife kind of tapped me on the shoulder and I was like, yeah, you know, and knowing birth, I've been a doula now for a couple of years. I'm thinking, oh, crap, you know, we got to get her out with this next one. So the next mm -hmm. surge came and she still didn't come. You know, I tried with all my might. My midwife was very good and hands off and allowing me that chance to try again. But we have to get her out now. She's been in the water yeah. for too long. So she just did a little, you know, um, a little like J-hook, she explained, just to unlock the shoulder and was able to get her out. But coming up onto my chest, she was completely limp, um, just had no control. I mean, her color obviously wasn't good. Um, and it took her a couple minutes to come around. And But I tell you, in that moment, and I have the video and I, I actually watch it from time and time because I show my clients because a lot of times you always hear the what ifs, you know, it's crazy with birth, right? It's always brought up, but with any other event in life, and we know with low risk, healthy moms, those what ifs are extremely rare, but it's always one of the things is what happens during emergency or what if this, what if that? And I'm like, here, watch this video. And I want you to notice too, I was very calm. I, and I, you know, and I, I put a lot of that though, as a woman of faith, you know, I believe that the Lord has us covered and it, it is all going to work out. But I also know that I had really amazing medical, you know, trained, licensed midwives there who are able to assist me. They have oxygen, they have Pitocin, they have all the things if needed. Um, so I remember it was like two minutes. It seemed like the longest time though of my life, just watching her limp, 
my I remember looking over at my husband and he's just kind of praying and like leaning over the the bath just watching and uh they gave her a couple breaths of um not of not of oxygen just with the bag and she was fine she came right back around um and even you know my midwife was like I know you don't you don't really care about this, but if she was in the hospital, like her Abcar score would be a nine right now. It'd be nines across the board. Um, she's completely fine and healthy. And um, that experience was just a totally different experience to me. And like many people would think that that would have been traumatic. You know, I get asked that, was that traumatic? Would you ever have a home birth again? Absolutely. I wouldn't go back to the hospital. If I were. Yeah. And I, I I believe like it sounds like the way that it was handled, mm-hmm. you know, that that actually provides more yes. of a reason for you. Yes. You know, like, no, this is exactly why the I point. want to give birth at the home. point, because in the hospital, I know it would have been a very traumatic. They would have cut the cord. The cord was never cut. They never took the baby off of me. The cord was never cut. Which makes physiological sense. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, in the hospital, they would have cut the cord. They would have rushed the baby over to the warmer. Um, and they probably would have taken my baby to NICU and there would have been a, this huge disconnect. So yes, mm-hmm. good point. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. So you have had these two mm-hmm. birthing experiences between your first mm-hmm. and your second, you've begun working as a doula, correct? And childbirth yep. educator. Correct. Yep. Okay. Awesome. So, all right. So you've, you've been building and you've been Mm -hmm. building and now you're at a place where you're working with mothers. But as we were talking about before we started recording, you know, your approach is different from what a lot of the, you know, the main, the mainstream alternative, like, you know, there's, there's this belief kind of like, we've got the mainstream Mm -hmm. and we've got the Mm -hmm. alternative, like where home birth is more normalized. Mm -hmm. Uh, natural childbirth or unmedicated childbirth is certainly more normalized, but sometimes the way that that we're approaching that can be different from what maybe is physiologically true or ancestrally true. So what are the big pillars for you? What do you think is important for moms to kind of know about mm-hmm. birth before they get oh, yeah. there? Wow, that's a, that's a big question. So um, <laughs> yeah. for me... I, the more births that I attend, the more that I see, it's the mental preparation. It's digging into who we are as a woman. It's not the A, B, C, and D of childbirth. Like, yeah, I want to have, you know, my, I want my clients to have that brief anatomy and physiology, but it's not, it's, it's a very small part of our focus. Like my focus is really digging into who you are. It's very individualized. Okay. So, like, you want to dig in, I mean, and talk about if there's any traumas or anything that this woman has experienced. What about the relationships with her partner and her other children and just in all areas of her life? Like, we need to be able to dig deep. Um, It's about the feminine energy. It's about do you spend any time in relaxation? Like, what do you do for yourself? It's not so much strictly about childbirth and you know i'll never sell this birth is pain free it's just not who i am i know that birth is not i feel like i would be and dare i say that because i'm a hypnobirthing educator 
but <laughs> yeah. the more verse that I attend, I it's not pain-free. I'm going to let you know that there's a level of intensity that you're going to have to go through to come out on the other side. But until you dig deep as a woman and into that, who you are as a person and um, just do that internal work, then it's hard when you get in these moments, these primal moments, how are you supposed to trust yourself and your body if you've never trusted yourself your entire life? Yeah. If you can't trust yeah. the surrender, yeah, the right, then how are you going to come out on the other side? You're going to go back to your ways of being scared, of being fearful. And, you know, it's just you're, you're not going to come out on the other side if you haven't done that internal work. That to me, it's yeah. just so much more of the mental preparation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you and I agree a lot on this this topic. And um, I just think, like we were saying earlier, before mm -hmm. we started recording, the idea of giving birth without pain. I mean, mm -hmm. for me, it's like, that's not even, that's, that's not even yeah. the point though. You know, whether you do, yeah. whether you it don't, can it can be amazing. Yeah. Like it can totally mm -hmm. happen. I, uh, listen, I have interviewed the moms. Yep. It can happen. And that's great. But are we saying that that birth is yes. more valuable than the birth where the mom is on her hands and knees rolling her baby out. Like, I mean, that is, there is something so valuable about experiencing mm -hmm. that. And, and I believe that the Lord gives us what we need. If, if we need a pain-free birth, then that's, that's yeah. totally within yeah. reach. But if we need to feel yes. it, like if we need to feel that intensity mm -hmm. and feel what it's like to overcome mm -hmm. that for our motherhood, well, by golly, we, we ought to embrace it. Like that's a gift. Remember that is a gift and that we can use. I think every birth, you know, is just full of lessons. It's full of information that we are picking up on. Our nervous system is picking up on our subconscious mind is picking up on and retaining for later. That is, it's going to come up again and again in parenthood. And when we have this, this, this memory bank to build from, even if it's not our cognitive memory, but if we have the memory in our body, that implicit memory of power and strength, um, yes, please. Like I'll take that. I, yeah. That, oh man, uh, all of that, a hundred percent, all of that. And you brought up a really good point. And so as a hypnobirthing educator, right? So a lot of times, you know, they're taught like they show these soft videos and, you know, you're just going to breathe your baby out. And listen, I growled my babies out. I have a bear on my arm that I got tattooed coming out of the water. Where is my bear? I have a bear coming out of the water because my, my daughter watched her little brother be born. And actually, within 10 minutes, she said, Mama, you growled baby Maximus out. And I said, I sure did, baby. Mommy felt, felt that power. And um, it was absolutely amazing. But so many of us, and I did it personally, right? I actually held on to that. And as, a, you know, as I became a doula, and I remember one of the, when I got pregnant again with my fourth, I was like, I'm going to get this right this time. I'm not going to growl. I'm not going to make all this noise because, 
you're not supposed to do that as a hypnobirther. You're not supposed to make all that. Like I got it wrong. And that's, it saddens me when I see other women that beat themselves up. Um, I have clients that come to me and say the same thing. And I'm so happy that I experienced that so I can help them and go, no, you did not get anything wrong. You growled your babies out and that is beautiful. Some women don't make a sound, but you know who, I love how you said we are given those tools. And in that moment we birth how we are supposed to birth. There's no textbook you know, to, and you know, some women have orgasmic births. That's beautiful. I don't know how they do that, but that's absolutely beautiful. (laughs) So, you know, they do that. Or you have women, I've seen women that don't make a sound when they're pushing their babies out. And then I see, you know, the majority of women that I've helped, they do growl. They do use these productive primal sounds to get to the other side. And it's so needed. And my goal as an educator, always in the beginning, is that, listen, you might experience this, you know, in its full raw intensity and you you may roar. And when they have other kids, I actually tell them, practice making these animal sounds around your other kids because I want them to know that this is this is mom's power and they might hear that. And it's OK. It's beautiful. And they can growl with you in the background if they want. But mama might make all these sounds to, to, to bring forth this amazing life and to come out on the other side. Um, but yeah, that was totally something that I felt so much guilt with is I thought I got it wrong. I'm like, yep. I didn't do this yep. right. And, yeah. And it, I think it's I think that that is happening a lot. And, and Instagram as wonderful as it can be. And the way that it Mm -hmm. has, you know, it's shown home birth to so many people who wouldn't have otherwise known. It's also quite an issue Mm -hmm. in terms of birth satisfaction, I believe, because I think that now we have this idea of a successful Mm -hmm. birth is quiet. It's, you know, like it's all these different things that a Mm -hmm. successful birth is. And so then when we miss the mark, when we experience pain, when we experience yeah. fear, when we experience vocal yeah. toning, which like you just said, like actually mm-hmm. opens Open, yes. everything up and allows your Good. baby to come through. Like when we experience those very normal things, we suddenly I, think I did it wrong. Like, so then on top of, on top of like feeling them in the moment and potentially being uncomfortable in the moment because we weren't mm-hmm. prepared, we're also looking back and thinking I did a bad job. How mm-hmm. def- Feeding, like how defeated could you feel after working so hard for something? And then due to our own, like our own decision, not our own decision, but our own like subcultural mm-hmm. decision of like, it's supposed to be this checklist. And if it's not this check- checklist, it wasn't good. Like these are impossible standards and they're missing the point. Yes. Like they're totally missing the point of this experience. I, I'm sure that you've seen oh, the same all thing. all the time. I get messages on social media all the time about that too. Have women feel defeated and they had home births and they're yeah. telling me their stories. Yep. I'm like, wait, what? Why do you feel bad? Because you made sound. That's crazy to me. But then like I have to reconnect because that's who I am now as a person. But when I did it for the first time too, because I watched all yep. the movies, I watched all the big accounts on Instagram and that you're supposed to have these soft 
quiet verse. And I believe that I got it wrong. And guess what? You could have had the most amazing home birth experience and you roared your baby out the way that you did, but you're still sitting there postpartum and you're having this influx of hormones and you feel like that can actually bring on the depression and the trauma after you had an amazing home birth experience because you were made to feel like birth is supposed to look one way and that's just not true. It's false. There's many different ways that birth can look. And when you feel in control of that, like me as a person, like when I talk to women now, like I'm very outspoken. Um, I'm, you know, I'm a very big advocate for my friends, for my clients, for my family, for anything in this world. What makes me think that I was going to be quiet? bringing my babies into this world. Like, no, I am not. not I am not a quiet person. That is not me. So, but I will tell you for months, I actually was depressed afterward thinking that I got it wrong. So that is, you know, that's so important for me now. And it's so big for me now that that's one of the things that I talk about with my moms is, you know, at our prenatal appointments is I'm like, Hey, I, I want you to understand that you're, however you have your baby quiet, loud, whatever it is, it needs to happen in that moment. And it's beautiful. Allow it. You roar your babies out or you may be silent, whatever it is. It's so, you know, it's so magical and it's what's needed for you in those moments. Yep. That is so with inside the Home Birth Collective, our first mm -hmm. session is dedicated to the question what defines a successful birth? And spoiler alert, I can tell you it's not yes. a quiet one. Like it's that's not, that is, that has nothing to do with it. It doesn't have to do with the level of discomfort that you feel. Like those mm -hmm. things can be felt in a highly <laughs> successful yeah. birth. Like it, it's not about that. So we, I'm noticing that with, it's kind of like the, the pendulum swing. You know, like, so everyone's on the mainstream side, we're swinging and we're like swinging maybe a little too far in this idea of like what birth has to look like to be the mm -hmm. ideal birth. And so now it's like, okay, we got to bring it back to like what, what actually matters and, and how do we set ourselves up for that success once it's here? Like, what are the things that we do to invite the successful birth? What are the things that we do to actually revel in our experience and appreciate what it was. I love that. I love that that's your first, you know, first important topic that you have with, you know, your groups because, and it's not like where do babies come from or the anatomy and physiology <laughs> of birth. Like, yeah, like we, like I said before, like that's, you know, that's important, but a lot of us, there's so much work that's needed. And I feel like, you just started with like, usually like what's my, you know, that, or what's a lot of childbirth, like their end game. Right. But they don't mm -hmm. even dig into it mm -hmm. the way that you just said, but they talk, they mm -hmm. tap into a little bit of the mental, you know, towards the end after they've done all the anatomy and physiology. And it's like, no, this is where we need to start because this is where I promise you the majority of the work needs to be done. It's, exactly. How do you define a successful birth? How do you define them? And yeah. and how do we and then how do we get it? Okay, so we know like all right, so successful birth, we're gonna decide mm -hmm. what it, it really it's more about like what is it not? 
versus what is it? Like when we peel away what mm-hmm. it's not, we we can see much more clearly what it is. But then, okay, so how are we going to get there? Are we going to get there through knowing anatomy and physiology? Like, is that what's going to give us a successful no. birth, Tanya? Like, what do you, what no, do you? No, <laughs> it's not. It's not. And again, to me, I'm telling you, the more that I do this, the more that my mind has shifted. The more, because I'm like, oh, like when I created my first set of curriculum, I'm like, oh, I better make sure that I have, you know, the 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 basics, anatomy, where, you know, what is the uterus? What is this? What is that? Mm-hmm. You know, making sure that all that they understand, like, yeah, they need a brief overview. But the more that I do this work and being a doula for five years, it is internal work. It's tapping into that feminine energy. It's, it's so much more at the end, you know, a lot of them, what did I do wrong? I didn't breathe wrong or I didn't relax enough or no, no, you did all the things right. You were supposed to feel that power, you know, you did nothing wrong. But, you know, I think when the focus, when society puts that focus on that one aspect of it, then it just, you can have, like I said, you can have this amazing, beautiful home birth experience that you rocked it out and you roared and yelled and you did whatever you had to do to get your baby on the other side. But you're sitting in that moment thinking, wait, this went against everything that I learned. Like my instructor said, I'm not supposed to scream or I'm not, you know, I'm, I, I'm not supposed to feel pain. Why did I feel pain? I think I did something wrong. And yeah, exactly. Or, yeah, or just that, yeah, I mean, it is that. It's that, like, the, the feeling of, well, I must have done yeah. something wrong. But but like we've said, like, we're just focusing on the areas that, that are, that are uh, they're details. They're yeah. big. They're, they're decently sized mm-hmm. details, but they are still mm-hmm. details. Like, what's the bulk? What's the important thing? And one thing that you were talking about, this idea of, you know, you've got to dig into mm-hmm. yourself, that's... That is one of my biggest points for the moms mm-hmm. that I work with is knowledge mm-hmm. is great. We do need mm-hmm. knowledge. Knowledge is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Understanding anatomy and physiology, learning the coping tools, learning all of those things, fantastic. If we don't have self-knowledge mm-hmm. first, if we don't have self-trust yes. first, it won't stick. It no. doesn't matter. We have to have the foundation totally yep. built. We've got to have the infrastructure yep to be able to hold the knowledge in the first place. So before we can start building up, we got to build the foundation. So that requires digging. Like that requires all of this base work first. And I think that one of the issues is just like in traditional childbirth programs, there's just not enough time for that. There's not an Mm -hmm. ability to to dig in when it's like, oh, it's a self-paced course. You just go through and like learn the little things. No, we've got to go so much deeper. And I know that that's, that's what you, the conclusion you've yes, come to and too. I mean, and obviously, yeah, I mean, you can't like, it's so much different though, versus like the, the childbirth education online platforms versus the in-person work. And I will tell you like my doula support, my in-person birth support work. That's the first thing we go over is let's mm-hmm. talk, let's get to know each other. And I think that so many midwives, they have that right. When you, when, when we just spoke of, you know, when I had my first home birth midwife appointment, she didn't tell me how birth was going to be laid out. She wanted to get to know me as a person. 
And we just yep. sat and talked for hours. I remember like looking back and I talked to my husband after she had left. Um, her name's Katie. She's amazing. After Katie had left, we were like, wow, did we even go over anything like birth related? And then I thought to myself, that was amazing because she got to know me as a person and you cannot help anybody go through this high level intense experience without digging into who they are as a person and maybe seeing if there's anything that you can help with per se before you actually get to the birth you know about mm -hmm. talking about how the birth is going to play out or the physiology in the chat we can sprinkle that in of course but the main focus again just needs to be that internal work and you know mm -hmm. digging in and making sure that she feels comfortable uh trusting her body and you know a lot of women had have, have trauma that they don't talk about and that guess what when we go through that experience it will the majority of the time arise it will show its face right right we need to be in a place where we can accept the lessons you know where we can be open to the transformation when it happens i think that that is really at the core mm -hmm. of the problem when it comes to to mothers on the other side feeling like oh like i thought this was going to be something and it wasn't what i thought it was going to be i think that that there's a lot of times that we can be set up for disappointment when we aren't spending the time readying ourselves for the transition, readying ourselves for who we're going to meet on the other side. Because like you said in the beginning, you're going to meet someone different. You're going to be oh, yeah. different on the other side. Are you ready for that? Are you ready to meet the new you? And we have to be primed for that without that prior work. I <laughs> thought it was kind of funny with, with the Home Birth Collective. We don't get to we don't get to knowledge like anatomy mm -hmm. and physiology, like hormones mm -hmm. and labor until we six. And there was a part of me that's like, are these, are these moms going to be annoyed that I'm not talking about like, you know, the hormones, but no, no, because they are experiencing such like deep level change. When mm -hmm. we talk about what is a successful birth, when we talk about yes. boundaries, when we talk about, you know, our story and our nervous system, such deep change. It's, it. it's incredible. You might be. And here's the thing too, though, because you might be the first person to ever reach out to them about that. Oh, hi, baby. You might be the first one who has ever dug into their history, who's ever wanted to learn more about them as a person. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Tanya. Well, as we're closing up, I, I'm just curious to know, do you have, are there any other thoughts that come to mind that you would really like for moms to know and to share with them as we close up? You know, I think we covered everything and more. Um, I just really think the big takeaway is when we become pregnant, I think the first thing we should do is do that internal work and find somebody you have a really amazing I love course it. Well, that will help do that digging 
And on that note, you know, I would love for you to share your information with the listeners. Where can they learn more about you and what it is that you provide? So my website is tanyagrazione.com. And then I also have an online childbirth education, which is yourbirthmembership.com. And you can find me on social media. Again, easy. It's just at Tanya underscore Grazion. And I'm also on Facebook as well. That's perfect. It's so fun to be able to connect with someone else who sees things so similarly and who understands like the depthy, important pieces of preparing. So thank you for having this conversation. It's so fun to just talk it through. It's been such a blast for me. And I, I just, I'm so honored that you came on the Happy Homebirth oh, Podcast. sweet baby. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Wasn't that wonderful? As we head into this week's episode roundup, here's what's coming up for me. First, in regards to Tanya's first experience, her cervix moved so quickly from relatively closed to quite open, which explains why Tanya felt overwhelmed and opted for the epidural. We've got to remember that the cervix doesn't open on a specific timeline, and just because we're three centimeters one minute doesn't mean we won't be complete and pushing just minutes later. Next, with her second birth, Tanya was able to feel the transformation into motherhood in a far more active way. This experience, though it didn't take away her first birth, allowed her to integrate it and her second birth more fully into herself. She was able to re-enter motherhood feeling extremely proud and confident. A number of the mothers inside of the Home Birth Collective joined specifically for that reason. They were left feeling like something was missing from their previous birth or births, and they're ready to do all of the inner work with their current pregnancy to experience the transformation back into motherhood on a cellular level. In order to do that, we have to take radical responsibility and learn to dig into our own self-knowledge and trust. I love that Tanya is on the exact same page and is teaching this to her clients as well. Okay, my friends, that's all I've got for you for today. I look forward to seeing those applications and I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.